When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. Rudo and Megan with you today, including special guest NCAA champion Cam Wright. Cam, thanks for coming on the show with us. We appreciate you. How you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's, it should be a fun show. Should be an interesting one. Not just NCAA champion, also new signee by the Colorado Eagles, taking your first steps into pro hockey. And I guess my first question is, how did it feel to sign that first hockey contract? Really good. Really good. Obviously, it's something that every hockey kid dreams of since they're four or five years old. So that felt really good to uh, finally finally sign a pro deal. Amazing. Uh, we're going to kind of go through your whole path to a professional contract here uh, over the show. So should be uh, interesting. Get into some details. Of course, if you have any fun stories, feel free to just cut me off and, and, <laughs> and tell us about something interesting. Uh, but anyway, uh, your, your story starts where most hockey players do in, uh, in Ontario, Canada, a new market. If I'm correct, correct. Uh, are, are you the traditional Canadian skated before you could walk or did it come a little bit later? No, pretty traditional. Um, my parents didn't really play hockey, but, you know, like you said, in Ontario, as a kid, that's the thing you do. You, you go on the ice, and, and obviously I fell in love with it right away, I guess, and, and never looked back. Did you dabble in other sports or just hockey? Yeah, actually, I was a, I was a big, uh, big soccer player. I, um, you know, it's obviously important to play multiple sports, <laughs> so played soccer growing up until basically... I couldn't play both anymore and chose hockey. Yeah, but I I definitely love soccer and and still do love it. A lot of similarities to you between the two sports, or are they they vastly different? Well, I think just sports in general, you know, that competitive drive, you know, fitness, that kind of stuff, I think they they easily transition into each other. But, you know, also the differences were nice because you could take a break from the one and, and enjoy the other, you know, a lot more footwork and soccer versus handwork and hockey so it was fun to do both for a while uh i will admit i've, I've peeked at your career stats i used a little bit of elite prospects <laughs> to look you up and I, I noticed you're a bit of a goal scorer <laughs> but i, I want to let you describe your own game <laughs> yeah i guess that would be kind of what i fell into it's a, a shoot first kind of guy i think you know i growing up i had a better shot than a lot of people which kind of encourage coaches and and people to you know tell me to shoot pucks so that's kind of where it it led off to and I just kept shooting and and hopefully scoring goals and yeah that's that's basically how I would say I play my game you know pretty 
pretty simple, hard, hard nosed guy. Like, like to score e- the easy goals in front of the net and, and yeah, just shoot, keep shooting pucks. Good answers. They'll love you <laughs> with the Eagles. Yeah. With that yeah. answer. Yeah, that, that's something that came out of Dev Camp. But before we get to Dev Camp, you found yourself looking at the next steps of hockey and you ended up choosing the NCAA route. What other options were you considering at that time? How did you land on Bowling Green? Were there other schools you were looking at? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, obviously, again, as an Ontario kid, the OHL, CHL, like the OHL definitely calls towards you. I was a bit of a later late bloomer in that, you know, at 16, I wasn't ready to go to the OHL. So I played um, junior A in Ontario with St. Mike's and then kind of just through that got built relationships with coaching staff and some NCAA coaches and realized like how great of a route it is and, and obviously knew people who had gone on to do it and been successful. And then, you know, when the OHL came knocking, I decided I wanted to go the NCAA route instead. And, and just my conversations with Bowling Green like the recruiting trips, you know, my official visit just were kind of what I was looking for. And it was a really good fit in terms of a team that I would be able to step in the lineup and play, which is all, all any of us want to do is play. So, so that worked out great. And obviously I love that decision going to Bowling Green. In your 17, 18 year old season, you dominated the OJHL was one of the, the leading scorers in the entire league. Was there any conversations with NHL teams or did they come calling at all as, as any interest as a potential draft pick or was it, is it mostly just you're headed to college? Yeah, um, there was a bit for sure. You know, the OJHL wasn't an overly respected league at that time, um, taking the back step to a lot of the other CJHL leagues. But there was, there was definitely some talk, you know, obviously that is your dream to get drafted in the NHL. And, and I thought that was a possibility after my successful year, but um, it didn't end up happening and, and doesn't matter. I was headed to college anyways and knew I was going to be a, a, f- a four-year guy, I guess five-year guy in college <laughs> anyways. In some ways that worked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we'll get to that a bit. The first question for me with college would be, why Bowling Green? It's not exactly a, a very well-known hockey school compared to where you ended up at DU for sure. Yes, yeah. Um, be careful there. I do obviously <laughs> love Bowling Green. Um, I think, yeah, kind of like I said, it was, you know, maybe not a middle of the pack team, but they were coming off a, a couple of top 20 years, which is exciting for them. And, and it was a great step, like I said, in a place that I could play. And like coming out of that Ontario, you know, you weren't, you weren't really getting DU coming to your games. Unfortunately, you weren't getting the Western Conference teams or even a lot of the hockey east teams for for me specifically so you know it was kind of the best option i thought for a team that was looking to grow and get better and i thought i could be a part of that and and i loved the campus and and you know people dog on ohio but i i definitely enjoyed the city and and had a lot of fun there i think looking too at the role you were able to play at du what was your role entering bowling green and cracking into that forward group because you almost played a similar or elevated role in your fifth year at du was that something that you were able to rise through the ranks in bowling green and get a promoted role or is that sort of what led you to the transfer portal at the end of it all no i would say what you're saying at the beginning like it just allowed me to elevate my role right you know you come in as a i was had just turned 19 when i walked onto campus at bowling green and and you just become as those four years, you just become a better player and you become elevated in your role. Like you said, you know, I just, I felt like every year I got better, I got bigger, I got faster, stronger, whatever it was. And and then, you know, especially my senior year at Bowling Green, I really thought that, not that I had 
done all I could in that conference, but I felt like I was definitely one of the better players in the conference. And, and then when, you know, I decided to enter the transfer portal, I, I knew I wanted to go to a, a top team like DU and, and do what I had done at Bowling Green. And, and that's kind of, thankfully it worked out in like that. Most of the Canadian leagues play pretty rigorous schedules for the most part in, in juniors. Was there any adjustment to the NCAA level that really, you know, plays weekends only and then you have entire weeks off at a time? Yeah, you definitely have to start to enjoy and appreciate practice. Like, <laughs> like personally playing five years of college, the amount of practices that I've probably done, I guess not many more than other guys, but just like you have to really learn to appreciate practice because like you said, you only play. 36 regular season games i think this year we played the most of any team and it was 44 or something like that right yeah. like you don't play a lot of games you just have to you know learn to appreciate you know working out and practicing and, and really elevating your game by yourself you know whether that's like getting on the ice extra time or, or getting in the gym like that's just they, they, that's kind of how you have to um appreciate getting better and then you know it almost makes the games that more important because there is only two a weekend Question from Sean in the chat here. If you, you don't have to answer anything you don't want to, for the record, but he's asking what you got your degree in. Um, at Bowling Green, I I majored in uh, sport management with a minor in marketing, and then at DU, I did a one year master's certificate in marketing communication. Very nice. So yeah. Uh, so I guess this moves into the conversation that every hockey prospect around this age has to have now. Obviously, the COVID pandemic and the shortened seasons have, have messed with the, the timelines and path to pro hockey for a lot of players. Have you really seen a significant impact from it, or did you manage to kind of keep on the same path through it for yourself? Yeah, obviously, I, like you said, it was very tough when the pandemic hit, but you know, I, I can't say I was unlucky or, or more unfortunate than other people um, in, in what happened. I think... You know, obviously it shortened our season my junior year, and then we were able to still play 20 games my senior year, which was great. And then obviously, look what happened. I would have never been a national championship if it wasn't for COVID. So I do have to thank, I guess it, I, I, I doubt anybody's ever saying they think, can thank COVID, but I guess it gave me that opportunity. So no, you just keep kind of chugging along and, and obviously things are hopefully back to normal. So so it's uh, it happened and, and get over it, I guess. You described how that affected even the recruitment process to DU, that you weren't able to come see the campus physically, mm -hmm. so they gave you something of a PowerPoint presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that presentation like? Did it have music? What were some of the selling points? That's a great question. Um, it's funny talking to some of the guys when I eventually got there uh, to DU. You know, I, I learned that DC did not necessarily make the PowerPoint unique to just me. It was one that he'd, <laughs> he'd used before, but it was good. It was it was showcasing DU and then showcasing the NCHC, the conference, and then showcasing Denver as a city. I think he he mentioned how many days of sun there were in Denver every <laughs> every year, and it was kind of funny. It was there was no music though, but okay. but there's there might have been some fun transitions. I can't remember. <laughs> what has been your experience with Denver so far? You've been here for a little over a year. I don't know if you stayed here the whole time, but. Uh, obviously everyone talks about the altitude that that arrived was it a significant adjustment for you or was it you're here you're playing hockey mm -hmm. you're good to go no i i definitely remember the altitude i came in last year like i think july 5th or something i made the drive out to denver and was here the whole time so but the first i remember the first couple of days it was pretty 
pretty crazy. Like I couldn't breathe. I was sweating. My heart rate was up, like <laughs> trying to work out. So that was definitely adjustment. But ever since then, obviously you don't think of it. You just kind of, you definitely, um, like the advantage that, you know, that DU had and all other Colorado Denver sports must have over other people who don't have altitude because I can, can imagine how hard that would be to come in and play, play a game without getting adjusted to it. With college and that route, uh, you, you kind of talked about it, the OHL being the, the standard go point for Ontario. Is, is something like a national championship on your radar as a kid in the NCAA, or is that something that you kind of fell into a little bit later? That's a great question. Um, I would probably say no as a kid. I, I don't remember anyone really ever talking about NCAA national championships. All Mem Cup instead. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly, right? <laughs> Ontario is very set in their ways and that everyone needs to go to the OHL to, to make the NHL. But uh, I think as as I got to junior, I'd say, was where I kind of realized that we did a, a trip to Michigan and in Michigan State to watch games and kind of like learn the NCAA route. So that's kind of when I figured out that that is a possibility. Um, so, yeah, that would be later in junior, but not not as a young kid for sure. All right. On that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can go get a good time if you go get tickets now at breckbrew.com for their Hootenanny, which happens on October 8th and 9th. It's going to be a total blast. They're celebrating their 32nd birthday, uh, so older than everyone on this show, even me. Uh, you keep going with them, and you'll find a bunch of awesome stuff down at the farmhouse, first of all, but they've been one of our longest-standing partners. We absolutely love them. They'll be here on tap when the bar opens up, which... Uh, Coming soon, by the way. If the, the tweet's officially out there for our opening, reopening rather. Uh, go jump on it. Go check that out. Go get yourself some Breck Brew. Again, breckbrew.com for more details on the Hootenanny. And we're also brought to you by Avaca TV. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV. You can get TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months when you go to E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10. Today, they have altitude, so that's the big one. Uh, if you want to watch Avs games, if you want to catch some DU games, that's the way to do it. It's not the whole Comcast problem like the rest of here is. So jump on that. They, of course, have the national channels. They have AT&T Sportsnet. They also have NFL Network, 60 other channels for, for movies and TV shows as well. So they have you totally and completely covered. Uh, go check out Avaca TV today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast here with Cam Wright. Uh I'll let Megan. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but are you worried? Talk we... about the year at DU. Yes. <laughs> I kind of I was looking at this comment to ask him about the goalie, and they're going to scare our guests. We already took him through a very terrifying elevator ride, and now they're talking <laughs> yes. about knives and goalies. So <laughs> we really got to cool it, guys. But tell us about the year you had at DU. We obviously know how it ends, and I want to talk about that championship game. Um, in a second too but just about being around that group of guys um, some friendships that you were able to make you know you're there in a year some of these guys have been playing for a while there's also new faces what was that like yeah that's a great question it was uh it was definitely special you know walking into a team where I actually knew no one um you know I I shared a few texts with Barrow and Gutman when I committed but but really knew no one going on campus um last summer it was it was definitely scary, but immediately I was I was taken in, and, and these guys, especially the leadership, the upperclassmen, were so good and, and so generous, and and wanted to win so bad that you know you knew this was this was a year that that it was possible. Um, and then you you add in those freshmen that we had that were were pretty incredible and and, and had big um, big 
big moments for our team this year. You know, you know, you look at guys like like Barry, like Mays, like Rizzo. Like it, it, we wouldn't have done it without them. So it was just very, it was awesome to see, and, and I'm so proud of of all my teammates, and 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 can't believe like that we did it together. And and like you said, you know, the friendships that we've made, it's it's awesome, and 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 it's ones we'll have now for the rest of our life because of of what we did at the end of the year. Being an avalanche pod, we got to ask you a little bit more about Barons. <laughs> what was it like playing with him uh, as as a freshman player? What did you see in that kid? Yeah, he's he's pretty special. Um, you know, the first thing I remember thinking was not knowing who he was coming into school. I thought he had to be a junior or senior. The guy is very very mature and and, and very set in his ways and has his routines. And he's almost like an old pro already in the way he does his does his stuff. So it was pretty impressive to see that. You just kind of knew. You know, when you then got on the ice with them, you're like, "Wow, that makes sense," because he's so calm and and make so smart and makes the right plays. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely special to play with him. And and uh, you know, as he's only he's what is he 19? He's gonna get so much better in the next couple of years that that I'm definitely excited to see see where he can he can be for the Avalanche in a couple of years. You wore an A in St. Mike's in your last year there according to elite prospects, at least <laughs> uh, you're coming in as a, a fifth year player in the NCAA. You talked about the leadership there in DU. How do you find that balance of, of being a little bit of an older player and being a leader and, and joining a new group like that? Yeah, that was definitely something that took a bit of time to figure out because yeah, like you said, I was an older guy. I was 23 going into that team and, and you know, I had, however many games of, of experience, but I'm also the new guy on campus along with the other freshmen. So it was definitely a balance of, of respecting the upperclassmen who have been there forever and who have done what they've done for that program. And then also kind of putting in my two cents in that, you know, I kind of know a bit of how things run and, and how things should go. So, and like I said, the upperclassmen are amazing. And I think, you know, from, I think it took a month and then I was part of the leadership group and, and um, being able to speak my mind in that locker room. And I think, you know, it, it definitely helped us all gel together as a team and, and win the championship. I think that question, too, kind of speaks to the culture that must have existed in the locker room because in that championship game, something changed in, after the second intermission. And I just wanted to know what the messaging was like in the locker room between those periods and how you guys were able to turn it around the way that you did. Yeah, it's a great question. It was actually very calm and and confident which was you know really as you take a step back and 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 realize how calm we were about about going into the third period down one nothing in the national championship game it it shows why we came back and won you know our, our upperclassmen again they they just they were like hey guys like let's leave it all out on the table this is this is the championship game this is all we have left let's like let's go and give everything we have and and you know it was even a confidence in that we're not going to get shut out. We never, we, we haven't been shut out this year. It's not going to happen. We're going to score a goal and then we're going to, we're going to be back in it. And, and we're not even playing our best right now. It's a one nothing game. So it was just that idea that we knew that we were going to step up and, and win that game. And win it, you did. And win it, you did. <laughs> yeah, did. So yeah. stadium in or crimson and gold, where was the celebration? <laughs> oh. <On campus? laughs> it was actually at the pile. That's probably appropriate. Yeah. It was, I'm glad uh, the pile came back. Yeah. They, they kind of, Pile became a thing about the the spring, and and that was kind of where we spent a lot of our time over the uh, championship. I think the better weeks. question might be, how long was the celebration? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was it. Was probably too long. <laughs> well, you know, 
I don't want to jump ahead here a little bit, but you guys were part of the uh, the Avalanche Parade too. So you guys got to go and, and and show off your national championship there. So, it, I I've never been a big DU fan. I'll admit it. Never sure. never followed it. But how important was that to to the campus and all of, the, of those guys to get back on top as DU? It's huge. Um, DU is is definitely a powerhouse in college hockey, and, and it had been five years and. And especially last year, coming off a year where we didn't even make the the tournament, which was a big deal for for DU and and not a good step. Obviously, um, it was it was big time, and and you you see how important it is to DU as a as a school and as campus, and even you know part of Denver as a city um, to just get back to that to those winning ways. And and I think you know Denver definitely showed us how important it was to them with the way they treated us over the next uh, few weeks there. Will, I want to get to your question in a minute, but we're getting there. Yeah, we've got a dev camp to yeah, go Yeah, yeah. DU Pro camp. Um, yeah, I, where do you want to start with those, Megan? Before I leave the, the DU program, I wanted to know about the process and just different things that have prepared you for the next step in your career from DU specifically. Yeah, um, I think that DC, our, our head coach, David Carl, this year, he he's a guy who, who gets people ready for pro hockey. You know, that was... That was obvious from day one stepping on campus is he's a guy who wants you wants everyone to to achieve their goals and play pro hockey and play at the next level and you know just with the way he goes about our day-to-day and routines and and having and the way practice are set up and, and make sure you have time for yourself to work on skills like he just really knew how to get guys to the next level and i think that was evident in in du and and where guys are going and personally for me it was it was really just important to to help me make that jump and, and feel like I am now ready to play pro hockey. All right. So stepping into that, I guess, first of all, how did you get connected with the Avs dev camp? Uh, it was, it was kind of simple. It was just, you know, through, through my agent and just through um, Brian Willis, the director of player development for the Avs was just like a couple phone calls and, and, and they, they said they'd watched obviously, me closely this year through you know the proximity of the teams and 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 want me at dev camp and want me to be a part of the avalanche organization or eagles organization or whoever it was and then you know obviously for me it was exciting because watching the avs do what they did this year and and knowing guys on the eagles and and um being a part of denver in general i i thought it was a no-brainer to go and, and and see what happened at dev camp did you weigh other offers too or was Avs top of list? Did you have some other pro options on the table? I had a couple, yeah, but but definitely Avs was top of my list. Just you know the way that talking to people, there was never not really a bad thing said about that organization and how they really did care about developing people and developing their players to move up the ranks and and their evidence. You know they obviously had good evidence and and so I thought you know I want to be a part of this this city and this organization. So for me, it was top of list for sure going into dev camp was there a confidence that a contract was going to happen or was that something that it was more of an earn it at dev camp type thing um i think it was an earn it at dev camp thing i i thought that was a possibility especially as a fifth year guy 23 years old like i wasn't going there as 18 year olds like as a barry for example obviously barry could have made the team but he kind of knew he was going back to du like this was it this was what I wanted to do. So I knew that it was a possibility, but I knew I also had to earn it. And, um, so that kind of drove me the whole time in dev camp that I, 
I wanted to get a contract out of it so that I kind of knew my next steps after that. Feel free to drink water too. <laughs> yeah, no. some dead air is totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, dev camp then as an experience on the one side, you're trying to earn a contract, especially going the NCAA route. This is your first dive into other, I don't want to say pro players because it's other prospects as well, but kind of the professional side of things. Was there a significant difference there or was it a pretty loose structure? No, I would say that it was pretty pretty loose, like you said. You know, I had played against, especially the last year, some of the best prospects in the country in, in college and, and on my team as well every day. So it was kind of just being confident and knowing I had the ability to make a difference at Dev Camp. And, and especially because I was one of the older guys there by, by a few years at least, um, it definitely allowed me to kind of think that, you know, I, I should be one of the, the better guys here. And, and if I want a contract, then I'm going to have to go out and, and, and show it. I know you guys did some off-ice training, too, and some organizations do media and PR training. Did you guys do anything like that? What did it look like? Yeah, we every morning we kind of had a little meeting, and, and I think the second day was um, it's called professionalism meeting. So they basically just talked to us about, yeah, like you said, PR and media training and how to act and how to take care of yourself and and how to be you know in front of the camera and that kind of stuff so we did that along with you know we did some like psychology stuff where they you know told us the men how to take care of your mental self and and those kind of things so it was it was good to kind of learn those those areas especially for a lot of the younger guys who was your roommate during camp my roommate was tyler weiss oh we were wondering we could have asked you we didn't know <laughs> what was going on with him during free agency like was he going back to UNO and it's just kind of come in laps now but yeah. how did you like him how was camp with you guys it was good it was great um obviously we'd played against each other this year so and I didn't really know him before but it was you know I always say this you know especially even coming into DU I think hockey guys are for the most part all the same you know you, <laughs> you laugh at the same jokes you you say the same thing so it was pretty easy to to get to know him and and bond with him and and now I uh, have a friend in Weiser and I've been keeping up with what he's been doing so I'm excited to see how his year goes uh so you earn the contract in dev camp it's a it's an AHL deal with the Colorado Eagles which are a bit up north uh and that kind of brings us to Will's question here do you have any specific goals with your with your first season of pro hockey? Are you are you pushing to make the Eagles roster, or, or is maybe the ECHL in Utah more realistic? No, I'm pushing to make the Eagles roster. Um, when I signed the contract, that was part of it, and that I you know I did have maybe a couple other offers on the table, and and I wanted to be in the American Hockey League this year, so that was definitely part of it. And they, you know, they kind of said there is a spot to be earned um, to have if you if you earn it. So that's kind of my goal is to to be an everyday guy with the Eagles, and then just from there, you know, be a guy that that Crow the relies on every night, and 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 kind of work my way up the lineup. Obviously, I know that, you know, as you enter pro hockey, you're back to the small fish in the big pond. So you know, it takes some time, but I think again, I'm confident in my abilities, and think I can be a a difference maker. And that's my goal is to be to be a guy that Crow relies on for the Eagles this year. I know you met Crow briefly at Dev Camp. Have you gotten to meet with him, practice with any Eagles guys in between that time? No, not really. Um, talked to Crow quickly, but that was about it. I've talked to, you know, um, the D assistant coach and, and a lot of, like, hockey ops and equipment guys, but I think it's practicing. Practices hopefully start, 
here in a couple of weeks and and then um, obviously camps get going but it'll be quick to quick to have to get to know everyone and, and get ready for the season and then obviously we'll have the whole season to to figure it out it's going to be uh, an interesting year. Uh, the Eagles, obviously, on the upswing, made the conference finals of the AHL last year. Uh, are expectations from, from them that they want to push, continue going for the next level and, and try to win the Calder Cup this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Eagles are an organization who constantly want to be at the top of the American Hockey League. They feel like they have one of the best organizations in the league. So, you know, Calder Cup, Calder Cup championship is always their goal, but you know, like you said, coming off a good year last year and bringing in some some good new players, I think they're excited to to make that step and hopefully make a deep run in the playoffs. Great question from uh, Mooderism. I I can't say your name. I apologize. <laughs> is there is there someone you model your game after? It's always a tough question. Um, I actually don't know. I I like to think of myself a little bit like like I said, a shooter. You know, I kind of. As a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I always used to watch Matt Sundin, which is obviously an old one, but he he was always a guy with a really good shot. You know, kind of kind of a newer age or guys like Artemi Panarin or or um, who am I trying to think? Jason Robertson, just younger guys who who you see shoot first and are, and are kind of besides Panarin, bigger guys who who spend time in front of the net. So even guy like guy like Chris Kreider, I like to, like to kind of try and mold my game after after a few players i guess i guess i shouldn't be surprised that an ontario kid is a fan of the leafs yes. but <laughs> of course have any, to be any love for kadri then getting his cup with the abs absolutely yeah i i was always a big kadri guy and, and i'm super excited for his cup and then obviously his new deal there with uh calgary that's going to be exciting for him yeah he finally gets paid <laughs> yeah exactly he deserved it a long time ago in toronto so it's good to see him getting that money mootork sim all right Mut Muttork? No, I still can't say it. It's like a normal hockey name that I can't say. It's just, yeah, I just don't know that either. part of the game no. for me, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. We are also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You can go over there right now and sign up for a new account with code DNVR to get amazing odds boosts every single day. But also, you can get at $200 in free bets right now. If you go bet on college football, don't even have to get the bet correct. Just put $5 down on a college football team and you get 200 bucks in free bets. So jump on it today. Go over to DraftKings. Of course, if college football is not your thing, that's fine. Get the $200 free in free bets and go bet on hockey. You can bet on uh, AHL teams if you want. If you believe in, in Cam and the Eagles, go go bet them to win the whole thing. So you can jump on that. Uh, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the DNVR code. It must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for new details. You can see on screen a $200 free bets is issued in $25. Eight of them. $25 free bets. Uh, and yeah, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. If you want to go see games in person, you can go over to Game Time. Download the Game Time app today, and you can get tickets up to 60% off. Of course, they have all of the big four sports, all the major sporting events. Avs tickets not going to be cheap this year, so Game Time is a great way to get those a little bit more affordably. If you've never seen a game at the Budweiser Event Center, by the way, you got to go. The building's amazing. The crowd there is unbelievable. It's such a cool building, so go get tickets to the Eagles as well with Game Time. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Megan, what else do you want to ask? I think I've got a couple um, just like the more fun questions. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, 
one off-season conversation was should hockey have individual goals songs and I think the consensus was like it's a team sport that might take away from what makes hockey special but if you had to have a hockey goal song what would it be oh yeah that's put me on the spot um (laughs) I'm a country guy but I don't know if country would would necessarily land in a hockey rink but yeah, I, you know, I've been surprised how many hockey players are into country right. music. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess, yeah, we fit that mold. But I think I'd have to go something country. I, I think especially up in Loveland, I think they would appreciate they that. They do that, yeah, for sure. They'll so definitely yeah. like so it. Something, something in the country. But um, I always, I think that individual goal songs is pretty cool. Like, especially, you know, when you go to Rockies games, I, I love the walk-up songs uh, that, was it Charlie Blackman? He's got the yeah, best one in the league. So, so I think it'd be definitely fun to individualize for, for players to have. And, and it's a way fans can kind of associate with their favorite players, which would be cool. How is DU Pro Camp? You were around a lot of big name players in OC, Terry and Devon Taves. What was it like getting to practice with some of those players? Did it help you feel like you're ready to start playing around these guys in the pro leagues who are bigger, faster, stronger than what you're coming from? Yeah, I think I think you kind of nailed it there. Like, it just gives you that confidence to to believe that you are ready for that next level, right? You know, you never know. You watch these guys on TV, and you never know how you're gonna match up against them. But thankfully, being on the ice with them for a week, it it really allows you to kind of realize that you know you're not not that far away from them um, from guys like that, and so it does give you that confidence. But it was special, and and those guys are so generous and giving. And you know, if you have a question for them, it's it's they're obviously eager to tell you what their story is. And, and even the non-DU guys you said, like like Taves and guys like that, it's just it's pretty easy to talk to them. And it's really nice being on the ice and, and seeing how hard they work and how hard they work in the gym to, to show you why they're where they are. Uh, we have to do this. Everyone who comes on the show <laughs> has to have a bad food take. Uh, for examples, I like mayonnaise on burritos. We've had some famous ones include mustard on pizza. So if there's some some food that you like that you think a lot of people wouldn't like, that's a good question. I probably have too many. <laughs> I, you'd be pretty hard to beat yeah, me in this category. True. I'll tell you, everyone thinks I have terrible food taste. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hear a couple of yours, but I like. Uh, I used to do this as a kid all the time: peanut butter and pickles. Oh man! Which is going to be a isn't tough that take. like a pregnant woman thing or something? I don't know, but <laughs> maybe that's maybe I maybe my mom showed me that at some point. But I used to always coming home from school would always put a, with a knife a slab of peanut butter on pickles, and it was uh, I don't know why, but for some reason it mixed. So I guess I'll take that one as my bad food take. I also like pineapple and pizza though. So that Ho- could, Hawaiian very yeah. divisive yeah, for sure. Right. So uh, yeah, our our uh, other podcast host AJ hates pickles so he's he probably does not like that answer it's just so hard to hate pickles they work everywhere i love pickles. (laughs) go through a jar a day i'm with you i'm with you on the pickles (laughs) that's funny no i i don't know any others though i think other than that i'm pretty pretty normal i'm a big mustard guy like i always do mustard on my eggs in the morning which i think might be a little different but better than ketchup really you're not i'm not not on eggs Uh, ketchup's fine but i just don't like it on eggs i had a a best friend growing up, he was, um, his dad was like really high up in Heinz, like worked for Heinz, okay. right? And he hated ketchup. Like the kid <laughs> hated ketchup. And I'm like, this is so dumb because you have free ketchup for your whole life and hated beans. Like just hated everything his dad worked for. And I'm like, that just is 
That it's the worst. I love my dad. We're <laughs> his family has like Shout a life dad. supply. Like, literally, just, <laughs> he would give him out. He was our hockey coach, actually. His dad growing up, so he would like if you were first in our like skates. Oh, sorry, skates at that age. He would uh, he would give you like the big thing of <laughs> the whole oh the, big, God, the oh. jar of ketchup as your reward. You bring it home. <laughs> your mom would be like, "Yes, thanks." <laughs> That's oh amazing. <laughs> I mean, peanut butter and chocolate's pretty normal, chat. I don't know. Peanut butter and pickle's definitely weird. Mm-hmm. Not, that weird? not that weird? You like it too? Yeah, it's nice. not that weird. Nice. I just got into pickles about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you just got into pickles a year ago? It's a gateway for <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Be careful. I had a cucumber, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what a pickle tastes oh. like. And <laughs> just There's downhill no from there. Shot you'd never had a pickle before a year Dude, ago. Dude, I'm about like... Three steps away from heroin, man. Now that I <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I hope there's a couple more steps than that between pickles and hard drugs. But that's <laughs> funny. Anyway, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I, I, any other questions, Megan? Was there a fun DU story? Something that happened this last season that you can share? A memory. Uh, you can swear on the show if you right. want to. Right. Just letting you know. Right. Someone yeah. else's yeah. bad foods were on the internet. But on the other hand, it will also be on the internet forever. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll be careful I, who I call out right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think just like there's so many memories and good stories from post championship, which I think you know you you kind of have to take to the to the grave a bit. But I, that's one <laughs> one great one, which I. I assume people can imagine that you know our, our coach decided after we hadn't, we hadn't done our team picture yet because he wanted it with the national championship trophy so we had won the saturday night um and he decided to do the photo monday at 11 o'clock thinking okay it'll be late <laughs> enough for guys to sleep in not realizing that we had just won the national yeah. championship <laughs> and we weren't thinking of sleeping in so it was i would say that was pretty funny in that you know, we had it plans Monday at 8 a.m. for everyone to show up at. We called we called the one student house Margaritaville because <laughs> just because it has a sign that says Margaritaville and has a backyard, whatever. So we we all went there and it was pretty fun because by the time we showed up to the rink at 11, I don't think the coaches kind of knew what they were in for. <laughs> we had guys, you know, kind of trying to figure out, couldn't remember how to put on their gear properly and stuff like that. And we we actually ended up taking a picture. It was pretty funny. We all had our our sunglasses on and took a picture. So that one. That one we now have on our phones forever, which will be a great memory, but that was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Can you bring up the, like, title screen? Because it sounds like, you know, a couple days of party and followed by pictures is how you end up with hair like that. <laughs> nice. Kinda. Yeah, thanks. I think that's actually the start, the of, the start of the year. The start of the season. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I, I assume that was after a practice or something. I didn't. I, want, I wanted so. to give I you some, so. <laughs> some credit. But. Yeah, thank you. Unfortunately, I got the, the curly hair, and it, it likes to run away from me at times that's why we're happy yeah it likes to curl I, I i imagine it's a little better in denver than in like ohio yeah yeah definitely. the humidity the lack of humidity helps a lot in denver so i appreciate that part <laughs> it's the small thing yes exactly um okay well good so final thing if you want to tell the people anything you're doing or your twitter accounts or where people can find you Go for it, or if you're good, that's all good too. <laughs> I, I think I'm all right. <laughs> okay, uh, my 
social media counter are not uh, needed to be followed. They're they're pretty boring, to be honest. I gotta up my game on the social media, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Cam, thank you so much for coming thank on. We appreciate so you. This is an awesome show. Uh, I love that we have another person that likes pickles. That's a win <laughs> for me. Uh, but we're going to get out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, hanging out, except for AJ. You can get lost. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you all. We will be back tomorrow with the usual cast. We hope to see you all there. And until then, we'll talk to you later.